I'm a I'm the loud type of friend, I guess, but and talk talk a lot, but <laughs> Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bible Geeks Weekly Podcast. This is episode 161. I'm Brian Sheely. I'm Ryan Joy. Hey, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. We are, of course, continuing our What's Good guided study. We are in session eight here. This is the last section that we're going to be talking about, the gifts that God pours into our lives. And what better gift can we think about, even in this conversation that we're having, than having a friend? And so we're going to talk about friendship here on this episode, since that's really the whole reason why I'm talking to you, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, it's a little meta. That's, that is uh, kind of in the background of this whole podcast, is the power and joy of friendship. So I think it will be fun. And it seems fitting, I think, that we get into this conversation starter, where the title of this thing is called The Odd Couple, which is definitely how I would describe us. And so let's get into that here, <laughs> right without any further ado. This is what's good. An odd couple. You never know where you'll find a good friend. Like classic TV's Felix and Oscar, or Pixar's Woody and Buzz, or Scripture's David and Jonathan. Sometimes we find ourselves in an odd couple, a surprising friendship that somehow works. We don't measure friendships by what we have in common, but by faithfulness, fondness, and memories. Our victories mean more, our misfortunes a little less when they're shared. God gives many gifts, but few more precious than the people who care about us. Those bonds are worth strengthening. So here's the big idea. Through consistent acts of loyal love, we stockpile trust that friends draw on for a lifetime. We invest in friendships like money in the bank. The currency is kindness. As Paulo Coelho said, friendship isn't a big thing. It's a million little things. Brick by brick, we build lasting bonds by being available, discreet, and willing to listen. If you want friendship, you act like a friend. Imitate Timothy's genuine concern and Ruth's devotion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 10. Quality beats quantity every time in friendship. Better one reliable friend than hundreds who disappear when you need them. A friend loves at all times. They're built for adversity. They know the real you, and they love you anyway. So their earnest counsel tastes sweeter, and even their wounds are faithful. You have the makings of a soul-knit friend when someone like Jonathan strengthens your hands in God. Friends care about more than your happiness. They pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. 3 John verse 2. Jesus wants friendship with us, like God's faithful friends before us. So, friendship, like many of the greatest gifts, can last forever. So here's the big question. Who in your life needs encouragement and connection? So follow along with this guided study at biblegeeks.fm good, and may the Lord bless you and keep you today. Shalom. I really like that one. <laughs> it's close <laughs> to my heart, as you said. And uh, the big idea we talked about is through consistent acts of loyal love, we stockpile trust that friends draw on for a lifetime. And of course, that's an old metaphor, this bank account idea, but I think it's helpful. You're saving up for the rainy days when somebody needs to tell you something that's going to be hard to hear. It's, it's just a little easier when someone 
that you really know is super invested in you and your well-being is coming to you. And, and you know that they see you well, they've told you good things, so now you can hear all that other stuff. Or when one of you needs real help with something, it's not a huge deal to give it or to take it because you know there's a mutuality of commitment. And this loyal love we talked about in that big idea, I think is the ultimate language of friendship. Last episode, we talked about Ruth and we talked about that, that Hebrew word, chesed, <laughs> that steady kindness, that loyal love. And that's what God gives us. And it's what a true friend reliably delivers. Yeah, it might just be an overplayed analogy about the bank account, but I do think it really is that way. Like if you're overdrawn, that's when things get tense. You know, that's really where things are are difficult to maintain. But when you've got just a, a stockpile there waiting in the wings of things, small things that you've done over time, I think that changes the game in our relationships with each other and helps at least me, I guess, give people the benefit of the doubt. I think here this big question, though, for me is kind of challenging because it says who in your life needs your encouragement and connection? There are so many people in my life who I could think of and maybe on the day, maybe in a different context, I could think about how they might need me to connect with them and like I need them to connect with me from time to time. And so for me, it's just really about making an effort, even if it's a small one, like little tiny acts of service, little tiny acts of love a cup of cold water, kind word. It's like the rich man, though, who would never even make the effort in his life to help poor Lazarus, who was there at his table. He saw him all the time at the gate of his house. Like, of course, he could have done something that whole time to be a friend to him, but he never would. And I just asked myself the question, like, with all these people around me, is there somebody that I'm neglecting, like maybe walking right by, that I haven't yet given the kind of encouragement that needed? It is a challenging question, I think, to think about there's some person that's missing something and, and you might not know. It might be a friend that you think has it all together, but if, you're, if you were really paying attention, then you would see that there's a need for that connection and maybe they need somebody to reach out for them. You talked about small things. Here's a small thing <laughs> that I think is a real measure of friendship. The icebreaker question that we have is... How would you tell a friend they had something stuck in their teeth? <laughs> what you I got, love this Brian? Question so much. <laughs> oh man. So I, I could think of maybe like a couth way of doing this or some sort of like real covert sly way. But honestly, like if it fit the context and it was a close friend of mine, I would just make so much fun of them that like it became this lighthearted <laughs> moment as a result of whatever they've got stuck in their teeth. Like I would make them feel so embarrassed for the fact that they've got something <laughs> stuck in their teeth. And I would hope that they were close enough with me and they knew me well enough that they would totally laugh along with it. Like, it's not going to happen with everybody. Of course, I wouldn't do that to, to people who couldn't handle that. But there are times where you just like, you have to laugh at people and laugh with them. And yeah. it's yeah. so awesome to do that with your best friends who would totally give you a pass and they're just looking for that opportunity to do it right back to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to seize those moments to laugh together. I, that totally checks out. I can completely see you doing that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I can see a good moment from it. I I think I tend to be a little more subtle, but you can't be too subtle. I wouldn't try to non-verbally signal it because 
I think I've done that. When they don't understand, you look ridiculous. And, <laughs> you know, you're just like doing this weird thing with your pointing or your mouth. And even if they understand, you have to talk about the issue of which side is it on. This is There's been way too many conversations in our house about this. Adrian always assumes it's the same side that you're pointing to. Oh, while yeah. I think of it as the mirror image, you know? <laughs> and so we're always like, okay, is it the mirror or is it is it my right? Or is it... <laughs> So my route is to slip it in between sentences. You know, you're just talking and then you pause. You got something right there on your left. And then you pick up talking again. Like it's, (laughs) it's no big deal, right? You just kind of just put it in and you're just communicating. This is not a big thing. I'm just, I'm just telling you it's right there. Okay. You're good. Yeah. You're you're (laughs) like drive by style with it, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Just keep it down because I don't want you to be humiliated, but I'm just talking. We can talk about this, but it's not a big thing. That's so good. I All think right. it's it's so funny because this is this is the kind of stuff that really reveals. Yeah, I, I I've gone like a whole day with like a big piece of cilantro right there, and then you you come back and you're like, <laughs> dude, I thought you were my friend. What is going on? <laughs> How long has that been there? Yep, no doubt. Right, right. Yeah, that one. All right, so let's get into our first segment here on the episode. And that is finding Jesus, and no, Jesus is not going to have anything stuck in his teeth, but we might find him at one of maybe the smaller books in the New Testament, and that's 3 John. 3 John, really the whole letter here, he's championing or he's promoting Gaius's love and his dedication and hospitality for other brothers in the faith, how he's basically done all of these things for other people and helped them out and supported them but then contrasts that with this guy named Diotrephes, who really is just a self-centered guy who only wants the attention for himself. And John just spends a little bit of time talking about these two people. But as we read this, I think there's a lot to find about friendship, number one, and where do we find Jesus in all these conversations? Yeah, yeah. It closes by using the word friends a couple times, talking about people and It closes with that blessing, but there is a blessing or a prayer at the beginning that I think you can really see something about friendship and about Jesus. Jesus loves the whole person, and I think that's a mark of a true friend. In this book, John opens with that prayer where he says, I pray that all may go well with you, and that's kind of the first part of it, the first prayer. And the second thing is that you may be in good health. And the third thing is, as it goes well with your soul. And it's really three different ideas. All may go well with you. I'm praying for everything to be good with you, everything in your life, and your health to be good, and your soul to be good. He knows it's going well with his soul, and he rejoices about it in the next verse. But he also, he, he wants these good things in all of the stuff of life. And I wonder if we sometimes lean so hard in one area that maybe we can underemphasize the others, whether it's in our prayers or in our support of our friends. Jesus, of course, came with a, a spiritual mission. He came to seek and save the lost, but he constantly had compassion on those with physical needs, like sickness or hunger, whatever was going on with someone. He didn't look past it. If you go to someone who's starving and you ask them for a Bible study, they might have other things on their mind. And that's not really being a loving friend. Like now I'm imagining the good Samaritan (laughs) handing this beaten man a tract or something. Like 
this might have great, important, life-saving truth, but there's something else going on with them that you can't just look past. Jesus saw the situation of people, and he wanted their good in every way, but he also, of course, kept the main thing the main thing. So, for instance, when the paralytic's friends lowered him into the roof to see Jesus, they wanted him healed, but Jesus started by forgiving his sins. And this is the great healing that a true friend wants for us, because spiritual well-being affects everything else. And of course, that's the, that's the healing, that's the good and the well-being that lasts forever. So I think there's something about Jesus that you can see echoed in everything Jesus seeks for us, this, this abundance, this blessing, the, the goodness that he wants for everybody, but it ultimately is going to be fulfilled in that everlasting life that we're seeking and that we want for all of our friends. I love that holistic idea that you're putting out here. I think that is such a often neglected part of friendship. You might think about the importance of the Bible and the mission of the Bible as being this purely spiritual thing. But of course, when we've been given these close bonds and friendships with each other, there's something that underpins all of that that's even deeper. But we have to live life together. And living life together means doing all the little things, all the small things that aren't like eternally important in nature, like just these little everyday moments that we experience. And I think, of course, as Jesus, you know, would travel with his disciples, sure, I am sure they heard some amazing teaching throughout their entire time. But can you imagine those little moments that they had with Jesus that had nothing to do with anything eternally important, just these little like, oh, you know, somebody's got something in their teeth right now. Like, of course, all these little moments that they would have and they'd share together. How does Jesus communicate that? That's the question. What would Jesus (laughs) do? (laughs) Of course. But I was also thinking here kind of the same thing about how later on it talks about how Gaius would never meet a stranger and really didn't say it in those words exactly. But basically, he, he sees that it is a faithful thing that he's doing in all of his efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. Basically, John's calling out the fact that he is such a friend to people who he doesn't even know. And of course, that's because of this brotherhood. That's because of this close family bond that happens in Jesus. And where do I find Jesus here? Jesus is the enabler of these kinds of friendships. He is the the one who created this bond, calling us all to himself. And that means even if I don't know you, even if we've never met before, if you love Jesus and I love Jesus, then I love you and I have a close bond with you that just instantly can connect. And there are so many people like that I've known in my life who just, that was such an easy thing to fall into with them. You know, I didn't have to like talk about a whole lot, didn't have to go through a whole list of like, okay, should I like you? Should I appreciate you? You know, are you my kind of people or not? Like as soon as I find out that somebody is a Christian, like it's pretty much just a foregone conclusion that we're going to get close knit with each other. And I love how Gaius here is that way. And then you contrast that though, of course, with Diotrephes, who's completely the opposite way, who isn't thinking about other people. He's only thinking about himself. He's isolating people. He's pushing them away. And of course, 
That is definitely not what Jesus died to establish, this kind of isolationist, you know, selfish mentality. But Gaius here has it figured out. And I think for, for me, he's such a good example of connecting with people that you may not know, but you know them because you know who they love, because you love him too. Yeah, we're kind of bundling up into this friendship gift, fellowship, yeah. and brotherly kindness, brotherly affection. These these are really some of the finest things on earth. These are the great gifts that we get to enjoy here. And, and we're talking about it within this context of friendship. I'm totally with you. This experience of family bond with these people that we get to share our lives with, this is what it's all about. This is the richness of our life here. This is what we can't wait to extend into eternity to have that commonality, that sharing, and then you see something in each other. And it's not just this sacrificial love that we are to have for everybody and to have for enemies. There is something where we we just feel close, yeah. you know, to each other. You appreciate, you see each other in this special way. You feel known, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. in a different way. You feel a, a sense of belonging. It's really a beautiful thing. Let's move into our second segment here on the episode, and that is our favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. So, of course, there's a whole bunch of favorite things that you might be thinking about, about friendship. What makes for a good friend? What do you enjoy about having a good friend? And so we were just going to talk about a few of our favorite things, about three apiece here. And I'll just jump in here with my first one, and that is the look. You talked a little bit about like that subtle look that you might try to give somebody who's got something stuck in their teeth. But I'm thinking about the look that you that you give to a friend who just understands exactly what you're saying without even having to say a word. I love that connection. I love that closeness that two friends can have when you can just look at somebody and maybe like twist your face in some weird way that they know exactly what it is <laughs> that you're thinking at that moment. And There are some, I am sure, unspoken things that went on, like we were just talking about with Jesus and his disciples. I wonder how many of those moments that those 12 followers of Jesus looked at each other and looked at Jesus, and maybe it's not even recorded in the Gospels, but as Jesus looks to them and just kind of raises an eyebrow or shugs his shoulders just a little bit, like those sort of unspoken moments between friends at important moments, I think. I think those are some of my favorite things about friendships because it's easy to use a lot of words, but if you don't have to talk to get your point across, you know that you're connecting on a deeper level. And you can you can get things done with a look. It's funny, oh, for you sure. know, like you're in the middle of a service and you, you know, you look at, at somebody that you've you've built a rapport with and they know, okay, you're going to do this thing and then they're going to do the prayer to fill in for that guy and then there's going to be like there's a whole dance that happens with just a a nod and a pointing with the head or something <laughs> it's it is cool how body how language all, but you develop that yeah that that sense of each other uh my favorite thing has to do with actual verbal language and that is late night conversations <laughs> so what i'm thinking of and we've had many of those, are those times when when you have the space to really listen and to open up to each other about what's going on. It doesn't really have to be late at night. That's just 
an association I have with many of these kinds of conversations that have happened in my life. Sometimes it's on a road trip driving. Sometimes it's just a lot of times, really, a, a guest stays late into the night or you stay and you're you're trying to make sure that you're not overstaying, but they keep bringing something else up and you just keep talking and talking, you know, and both of you just don't want the talk to end. Um, you get past the surface stuff, right? And eventually you're opening up about hopes, about real problems and prayers, sometimes just random humorous stuff that's been on your mind. And in my experience, that's often where real confession between brothers has happened in my life, that James 5.16 type of confession. And it's all very healing, fills you with a sense of peace and connection. And like I said, you feel, you feel heard. There's that sense of being listened to. You feel like you've really shared something. You've really connected. You've heard and seen someone clearly. I don't know. It's starting to get a little touchy-feely <laughs> and weird, but it's hard to talk about those deeper connections sometimes um, without that kind of language because you're, you're just, it's just friendship. It's real, real friendship is in those moments where it's absolutely in those times when you need a helping hand and you know you can count on someone, but it's also in those moments where you get to really just be with someone and nobody needs anything. You're just enjoying each other's company. Yeah. The kind of space to have those conversations is, it seems like a rare occurrence anymore these days, but yeah, I love that. And kind of leads into my second favorite thing here, which is the ability to bother somebody or to be bothered by somebody without it being a bother. <laughs> so, you know, think about it in terms of like just being able to ask somebody, hey, what are you doing Saturday morning? And then just being totally willing and open to jump in and dive into whatever they need you to do Saturday morning. Like I had a friend who just recently felt comfortable with us enough to just come up and be like, hey, I need you to come take me to the airport. It was like, oh yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm down. Oh, it's, it's Christmas morning. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm down 100%. Like, you know, we'll do that. Like, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, of course, there's times where you just, you have to kind of, to put it out there for people and let people bother you. And then you turn around and you do the same thing to them. You ask them for help. You you jump in there and know that you're going to ask somebody something and you might even inconvenience them, but it's not going to be a bother. And I think that's what we see here in this example of, of Gaius here in 3 John, where really he's just, he's out there supporting other people. And that is just a huge deal when we get to to support and sort of lift up each other in these really small ways sometimes. But that's one of the great things about friendship is, you know, you've always got someone there to count on. Yeah. You know, there are, are people that I never had the, the like really deep conversation or anything with, but I just always felt this sense of closeness. It feels sometimes like a guy thing where, yeah. <laughs> guy, you know, some, some guys, especially kind of a, a more strong, silent type. I'm, I'm a, I'm the loud type of friend, I guess, but <laughs> talk, talk a lot, but you know, there's a lot of friends that I, that I, I have that I just, we've, maybe we've never had like a long conversation, but I just know, I just know he knows if he needs anything, I'm there. And yeah. I know if I need anything, he's there. And that is really uh, there's just a sense of, um, well, this leads, I guess, in some ways into my second one, which is mutual regard. There's a sense of mutual regard 
and this happens with Christians all the time, these are these people that you just regard as among the finest humans on the planet, <laughs> people I know well enough to know their flaws, but you see something else too. You know, you see them continually growing and working hard, striving to grow, people making a difference in the world for God, people with this abiding fullness from the Lord that gives a different kind of presence, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's it's a gift to spend time with that kind of people, these with with Christians. But friendship isn't one-way appreciation. Friendship doesn't go one way. I mean, that that's fine. That's all good. But there's another level of gift when you share a mutual desire to invest in a friendship. So I can admire somebody. There have been times in my life I've reached out and tried to build friendships with men in the church that I valued. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. It makes me think of, I remember a sitcom where a character said, I'd love to be your friend, but we're not taking resumes right now. All our spots are filled. <laughs> and like, like we've got all the friends that we need right now. Yeah. And that sometimes happens. Sometimes it just, it just doesn't work out to be closer than just you love each other, of course, but there's just not room for something more. And that doesn't bother me a bit whenever that hasn't worked out. But when you know that they value you and you value them and you want to just be there for each other. And to build a friendship, especially in the Lord, of course, that's really something special that I'm just calling it mutual regard, mutual sense of appreciation and value that you see in each other. Yeah, I love the whole concept here of what God has basically designed in his church, you know, in this love and this unity and this connection that we have with each other, which is actually, I guess, sort of goes into my third and final favorite thing here which is conversation. So you talked about being a, what did you call yourself? A loud friend. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> you know, it is interesting though. I'm the talker. powerful and transformative that a friendship can be on sharpening you. And, you know, we've talked about this like a lot in the past, but it's not that like your friend always agrees with you or your friend is always like your yes person. You know, it's like, they're not always right, the one right. who are going to support and and just get behind everything that you say or do or believe. But these are the kinds of people who are going to, when it's needed, get up in your business and tell you, hey, knock it off. You know, these are the people who are going to help you with love and care and concern. They're going to help steer you back in the right direction as you may be drifting off course. And that is not easy, of course. That is not an easy thing to hear. It's not an easy thing to do. Confrontational conversations are not anything that we just gravitate towards naturally. But like we've been talking about here on this episode, when we've really stored up, I think, a, an account of love and good works and kindness and all the things that we've been talking about with brotherly affection. I mean, these are the kinds of things that are going to, to really make a difference in getting somebody to turn around and to shift their perspective. And I love that a conversation between two friends might not be super positive, but maybe could be so transformational that could steer them back away from some really difficult situations that they might be heading into. That is such an important, valuable asset to have in your life as somebody who is 
who is fighting for something that is not about themselves. You know, they're sure. fighting for you. They're standing for you and your well-being. They're fighting for your friendship, maybe for your relationship that sometimes maybe it's getting off track. Something is is broken here. Let's have a real hard conversation about it. Yep. You're, they're, they're standing for, you know, your marriage <laughs> and of course for your spiritual well-being. Like we talked about love doesn't rejoice in evil with evil love rejoices with the truth this is that kind of kind of friendship and there's a lot of proverbs that are about this very kind of thing oh the wounds of a friend (laughs) the wounds of a friend those faithful faithful wounds i was thinking of a different proverb in my third favorite thing here I was thinking of Proverbs 1722, uh, which starts with this idea, a joyful heart is good medicine. And <laughs> sometimes those faithful wounds are good, but but it can be really good medicine to just be with a friend whenever everything has been heavy. It's good to have some lightness and somebody that you can be light with. And sometimes those dumb old jokes, you know, <laughs> those things where you're doing a callback to 20 years ago, oh, you know, man. you're building on a joke, building on a joke. Like, a, you know, if you see a great comedian, Adrian and I went to see Jay Leno once in Vegas at a conference that I was at for business. And he was so masterful and he got to the end and he was just like touching on 17 layers of the jokes that he had been, you know, he'd been building to this last five minutes the whole time and he didn't know it. And you're just dying laughing. And with the friends that you've known for a long time, nobody else understands what you're calling back to, but you're just hitting this and hitting that moment. And you're quoting a misquote of a movie that they did five years ago. And you're, you know, all (laughs) kinds of crazy stuff. It's so fun to make somebody that you love laugh and just like, you, you got them, you got them. You, you knew that you could hit them in this spot and they would just die laughing. And and that, that kind of lightheartedness, you know, friends are there for the heavy stuff. A brother is born for adversity but also for those those happy things. I, I really think what you're doing here is obviously approving of the way that I would tell somebody that they had something in their teeth. So <laughs> I think that just fits it, very nicely it. together. Yep. <laughs> Book chapter and verse. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our last segment here on the episode, and that is our reach out question. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. So for our reach out question this week, we are going to ask each other, when did you need a friend? And when were you glad you had one? It's kind of a loaded question here. There's a few layers to it. But uh, when did you need a friend? And when were you glad you had one? You know, we've often brought up on this podcast, somebody that probably most people that's listening don't know, a guy who is a, a preacher at the congregation we worshiped together for a long time, Ken Leach. And he told me years ago something I didn't understand. He said, being an evangelist can be a lonely life. And I really didn't get it. But I I definitely have found that there are times when that is really true. There was a time this past year when I was really troubled, stuff going on in the church and that I was just trying to figure out and I didn't know who I could talk to. And that was the hardest part of it was just I didn't know what to do. And over a period of two days, I had a long walk with Adrian and then I had a long call with another friend, a, a member in the church here who thought through things with me. And it wasn't this huge thing, but it felt really big because I didn't, you know, I just was stuck and I needed to process with somebody. 
and being alone in it made me made it even a bigger feel like a bigger issue and so those two conversations shifted the ground i was standing on i mean i was like in a totally different place after those two conversations and i could see the situation clearer but more importantly i i could breathe i didn't feel alone and so that's i guess my answer to both of those when i needed a friend and when i was glad i had these two friends yeah my answer to this question is is also something where i needed a friend and there was a friend there and this was actually a friend of mine who you and i both know i we grew up with this couple and their kids and for this man to basically come to me and ask me for help doing something at his house was kind of a big deal. And it was something where, you know, he's getting up there in age and he needed somebody to come over and help him cut down his tree. I was like, of course I'll come help you. I'm, I'm there, right? So I show up and, yeah. and apparently he had climbed, this guy's like 70 something. He had climbed up this dead pine tree all by himself climbed all the way up to the very top to cut the top of the tree down. And you know what he was he was holding himself onto the tree with was like an old jump rope. He had tied a jump rope around his waist and he was all the way at the top <laughs> of this tree. I'm like, oh boy, what on earth is happening here? So his wife basically just begged him, please, please get somebody younger to come. So of course he calls the 40-year-old kid <laughs> to come over. And so I'm there basically helping him cut down his tree so that he doesn't feel like he has to be at the top. Well, here's where I needed a friend because I obviously am not going to rely on this older man to help me do this job. So he calls his son in and both of us basically tackled this tree together, got up, climbed up the thing, used all the tools we had available to us at the time. I brought a ladder. He brought a chainsaw. I brought straps to like actually properly fix ourselves to the tree. And we got this thing done. And man, like if I hadn't have been there with a friend to help me, I was being a friend, but then I also had a friend there to help me. And so it was just cool, like this, this little opportunity to step in and do something nice for someone as they're really just needing somebody to step in and help them. Otherwise, they'd be climbing up the top of the tree by themselves. And there are so many times where this has happened in my life. So many people I can think of who have asked me for help or who I've asked for help from. And it's just what a great opportunity that we have to to call on each other and sometimes literally get involved in climbing a tree for somebody. Well, and what's really cool about that is, you know, I know who you're talking about. I know the son. I know the everybody. And it's like, <laughs> man, I want to be there. I want to be Come involved on, in that because these are all just like, just again, amazing people. And when you get the chance, like you say, to serve somebody that served you and so many other people in your life, that's just such a gift. There's just there's that sense of of joy and fellowship just being together. There's a brother here who reminds me in in some ways of of my dad, and he doesn't like games. You, you know, he won't play. He doesn't play cards with us when we do that at a get together. He doesn't watch sports or anything. He says, you know, my kind of party is when we all have a work day. And so he'll arrange those sometimes. <laughs> and it is amazing, like everybody ends up having these conversations and you're just talking while you're working. He says, this is my kind of party, you know, <laughs> as you're working. <laughs> and sometimes those days where you're getting stuff done, there's 
a real sense of fellowship and connection while you're working. Nothing like sweat to bring you together, right? (laughs) All right. (laughs) So that leads us into our challenge here for this week. And uh, I think it's your challenge. I am ready to face any challenges that might be foolish enough to face me. Yeah. This week's challenge is to make a list of a few friends you're thankful for and pray for them. We're big on lists around here, I think, you know, just create an orderly collection of the things that you're thinking about. Make the list. If you're like Brian, you can make a spreadsheet if you want and put them in different categories. But yeah, make a list. And what a great list to have a list of friends. Give thanks for them and think about what you can pray for them. I think these are really powerful challenges. Of course, I love lists. I love writing things down. But most importantly, I think The more you sit down and just focus on being grateful for the kind of things that people are doing to you and the impact that they have on you, I think that really helps you not only appreciate them, but I think even most importantly, I think it helps motivate you to go and do likewise. You know, how you can just see the the impact they're having on you. And it reminds me, at least, of how I need to be paying that forward to other people. And so maybe that's something that comes out naturally from a a list-making challenge like this. Yeah, well, that's an encouraging way to conclude this conversation, I think, about friendship. And with that, we'll go to our closing prayer. And the prayer that we had put in the study guide is from Proverbs 17, 17, which we've noted a few times. Lord, help us to be friends who love at all times and give us friends for the day of adversity. So let's go to God in prayer. Holy Father, We come before you with gratitude and praise, acknowledging you as the source of all the gifts we've talked about over the last several months. Every good thing that we have ever known has come from you. And you didn't give them to us because we earned them. You have blessed us because you decided to lean down and look on us with favor and kindness. Lord, you were a friend to us when we made ourselves your enemies. You've taught us about faithful love with the way that you've loved us. And and we ask you that you would help us to see more clearly how we can show others that kind of steady goodness. We want to be friends who love at all times, whether others are weak or strong in happy times and hard times. Strengthen our bonds with one another. We pray for you to continue to bless our lives with good people who care about us. Pray that you'd Help us to prove ourselves worthy friends, committed servants of others, ready to open ourselves up, ready to open our homes and our lives. We thank you for the communion of your saints. Thank you for these earnest, soft-hearted people we get to share our lives with. You make your people rich with friends on earth and, and even waiting for us up above. And all of it is just a dim reflection of the friendship you extend to us as our Lord Jesus lives close to us each day. And we give you all glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So on the next episode, we are going to be in our ninth guided study session in this What's Good series. Again, we are moving from gifts and we're going to move on to God's praiseworthy virtues, some amazing things that God has taught us to be and shown us by example through his son on how to live. And the next episode, we're going to talk about excellence. Maybe fitting for the somewhat beginning of the year here in January, we're going to think about excellence and how to be more 
purposeful and intentional and push for higher and higher things. And so to prepare for that conversation, we'd encourage you to read Philippians 1 verses 9 to 11, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7, and Daniel 5 verses 12 to 14. Yeah, excelling, pushing forward. I think this is going to be fun to talk about because I, I like what you said, that connection with the beginning of the year when I know I tend to spend some time thinking back and looking forward, setting some goals and striving for greater greater excellence, trying to do better. And so this will be an exciting conversation. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. All right. <laughs> Excellent. So <laughs> this has been episode 161 of the Bible Geeks podcast. You can find show notes for this episode in your podcast player of choice or on our website at biblegeeks.fm slash 161. You can also check out these conversation starters that we dropped on social media not too long ago. There's a whole list of everything at biblegeeks.fm slash good where you can also go download the study guides for these conversations. If you want to have these conversations on your own, with a friend, with your church, whoever you want to have these conversations with, they are freely available for you there on our website. Please go check them out. And until next week, everyone, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom. Shalom.